We would like to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders both past and present. This is the Dude Cinema Podcast. But I was just like scrolling through it like nerds, 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 like I don't care. <laughs> Movie shaming needs to stop. Obviously, a dude wrote this script. These teeth aren't friends, and I'm like, I'm about it. I honestly think that this movie should just be called Red Flags. <laughs> Let me, Miles, tell you. Fuck you, Stanley Kubrick. This is the Dude Cinema Podcast. My name is Beck Chow. Gorgeous co-host Alex J. This is the podcast where we watch all the movies that dudes have told us we have to see. And ho, 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 Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas, everyone! Merry Christmas, Oh, How are you, my love? I am in that weird Christmas mood where you're like, yeah, I'm so excited for Christmas. Mm. And also because we're not doing Christmas with any family yeah. or even friends. It's just me and Skip. And I'm so excited for how low pressure that is. Oh, I'm jealous. It's my dream to have just a, just a couple's Christmas with some friends or on your own. And it's, yeah, I can't I can't wait for you. I'm so excited. It's, it's going to be great. Also, we've agreed on a $20 cap for presents. Oh, yes. And the goal is to buy as many presents as you can for $20. For $20 so yes. it's quantity <laughs> over quality. So that has made it so like stress-free as well. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, my my family's doing a secret Santa this year for the first time and <gasps> it is gorgeous. I don't know what took us so fucking long. Right. Buying one present one instead present. of eight incredible oh my god wunderbar wunderbar indeed but is that thing of like i'm excited but yes. i'm so stressed and i'm excited but oh my god i'm so exhausted i just want to lie down because mm, it's a the cocoon. end of the year and yes. i haven't laid down all year and this is the time to do that this surely is the time but instead Mm-mm. then your brain's like but what about this thing you gotta do what about this thing you gotta do and there's this and there's this and there's this yeah all these follow-up emails that have to be done this week because that one's gonna be in the office Anyway, <laughs> that's how I'm feeling. How are you? About the same. <laughs> it is that week. Yeah, because it's like my brain has decided it's Christmas and holiday time. So it's like my brain's shut off. But then stuff keeps happening that's like yes. important and of a professional manner. And every time it comes through, or like an email comes through or something, I have to like switch my brain back into, oh, no, no, we're still at work. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. This, it still needs to be done. Even though I feel like it's Christmas other things still happen while Christmas is happening. Yeah. It turns out. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting. But we haven't clocked out of this podcast. No. No, no, no. So we're here giving you a Christmas episode. We are wearing adorable. Look, we're going to put a video up. So gorgeous. Wearing adorable little koala Christmas ears. Koala ears with a little Santa hat in the middle. It's an Australian Christmas up in here. It's Australian Christmas. So get ready for visuals of that because it's cute as because we're Shit. fucking, we're cute koala Santas. Get over it. We're silly little Australian Santas. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Stop yelling. Before we get into the episode, we've got a top tier Patreon cinemate to shout out. 
So this is, again, if you if you join our $13 a month level, you get a shout-out on an episode and, of course, our undying love and potential marriage proposal Possibly. in the future. We don't know. But this week we go to Doug Wheaton. Thank you so much, Doug, for being a top-tier Patreon. Oh, thank you, Doug. Uh, your contribution makes our episodes possible. Yes. Um, so thank you for supporting this episode. And Merry Christmas to Merry you, Doug. Christmas, Doug. Everyone, round of applause for Doug. Yay. But shall we get to the movie that has brought us here today? Yes. Okay. So we have done Die Hard 1 for our first Christmas, Die Hard 2 for our second Christmas. Of course, we bring you Die Hard 3, Die Hard with With a Vengeance. To Santa. (laughs) (laughs) I wish there was more Santa in this. Yeah, they're they're starting to really go away from the Is Die Hard a Christmas movie discourse in by movie two and three, aren't they? Yeah, well, it's definitely not because it opens on like hot summer, hot (laughs) summer in New York. It's so hot. Ooh, look at the steam. Look at the sunshine, New York. I was like, okay, so. Everyone's sweaty. Everyone's clammy. It's summer. I was like, okay, so it's definitely it's not definitely Christmas. It's definitely not a white Christmas because if we know anything, it's that America has their Christmas in winter. Yes. And we have ours in summer and it blows people's minds. So this is technically the Australian Christmas. Yeah, Die true. Hard. Oh, thanks, Die Hard. <laughs> Thank you, Die Hard. <laughs> thinking of your friends across the pond. Um, yeah, so we actually, I, I remember we worked this out last year. We we have one other Christmas episode. Our very first ever Christmas episode, we did Bad Santa. Oh, and God, we'll no like, wonder I blanked it out. And <laughs> so the next one, we're like, let's do diehards yes. for forever and ever and ever. Amen for Christmases. So yes. here we are with a vengeance. <laughs> we are. What did you think this movie would be about? Look, I knew Bruce Willie, he was going to be back. Mm. And I knew he was still going to be hot. Absolutely. I knew that, okay? Yeah. He is timeless. He's timeless. They could make another Die Hard now and he'd still be hot. Yeah, and oh, he would still question. do it. And he would. Well, not anymore. Oh, he's retired. No. He's retired now. But Leave that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can leave that in. He's retired. That's, that's common knowledge. Yeah. But, like, he's just, he's a, yeah, he's a timeless, he's a timeless handsome. Mm. He'll be handsome forever and ever. I'm in. But I knew nothing else. I assumed there would be a revenge in there. Mm. Not sure what that was about. Mm-hmm. I think it was maybe finally his wife breaking and being like, you know what? We can't get back together. Mm. You uh, you kind of suck as a husband. You actually suck. The, your priority <laughs> list is so askew, sir. <laughs> I can't be with a man who keeps getting caught in terrorist situations. Terrorist situation. Yeah, your priority is like number one terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> And family is like number 10, John. You're the love of my life, but also, like, I've aged like <laughs> 30 years in the last three. Every three years. <laughs> I have to do this for my health and the children's health. <laughs> also, I have a job as well, John. Yeah. You know, I've got a career, I've got shit to do. We can't all just be running around the country, fucking off terrorists. We've got responsibilities. Yeah. And she would have to start anew because she worked in Nakatomi Plaza. She did. And. Unfortunately, they've moved away from there. Anyway, we can get into it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, shall we jump in? Let's do it. Okay. In the hands of a mastermind of terror. I want to play a game with Lieutenant McLean. What kind of game? 
Simon Says. The path to revenge leads straight to John McClane. If we don't do what this guy says, he's going to blow up another public well, place. Why me? What does he got to do with me? I have no idea. He just said it had to be you. It's nice to be needed. Simon Says get to the paper in Wall Street Station by 10.20 or the number three train and its passengers vaporize. I'm not jumping through hoops for some psycho. That's a white man with white problems. You deal with Die Hard with a Vengeance, 1995. Think fast, look alive, die hard. <laughs> New York detective John McClane is back and kicking bad guy butt in the third installment of this action-packed series, which finds him teaming... Oh, this is all one sentence. Which finds him teaming with civilian Zeus Carver to prevent the loss of innocent lives. McLean thought he'd seen it all until a genius named Simon engages McLean with his new partner, oh, and his beloved city, New York, by the way, in a deadly game that demands their concentration. Listening to their wives. (laughs) I love it, like... They're playing a game that demands concentration and, like, that's meant to be scary or the hook. Mm. That that describes every game. Yeah. No, no, no. That's ever existed. What are they playing? You know? Yeah. I need more information. It requires concentration. That's true. All right, Alexia, Mm. if you could sum up this movie in your own words for the people. Okay. How would you describe it? Look, last year you said Die Hard 2 was as though they took Nakatomi Plaza, put it on its side and gave it wings, right? I would like to say... This year, Die Hard 3 is like if they took Nakatomi Plaza and just turned it into Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> it's literally, Aww. there's no set piece in this movie yeah. like the first two. It's just, it's all over the city. The only set piece that's different to the first two movies is the introduction of Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. So he's our Nakatomi Plaza. He's our I've Nakatomi decided. Plaza. So John McClane is strangely, again, estranged from his wife. As he is in every movie. Every movie. (laughs) Again, I don't know why she sticks around, but it was the 90s. Uh, Maybe, I don't know, she didn't, social media didn't exist yet. She she didn't know she had a lot of, you know, support. Yeah. Look, I'm glad she's not in this. I'm glad she's taking a break. She's taking a break. (laughs) She's not in another high pressure situation. I've gone to my mom's. You play your games around the city. Uh, So... There's a new villain in town. He calls the cops and he's like, I'm going to blow up a bunch of shit unless John McClane plays a game with me, basically. Mm. And then he instructs, it's, it, he plays Simon Says, essentially, because his yes. name's Simon. And so he's like, Simon Says, John McClane has to go and wear this crazy sign around Harlem. And apparently that's a famous scene. Everyone knows that scene. Um, and anyway, so he's making him do a bunch of stuff around the city to prevent these terrorist attacks that he is threatening to happen. And then it all... And then he meets Samuel L. along the way and he becomes his, like, unlikely sidekick. Uh, the movie is heavily about race relations, which I was not expecting. Yeah, it was – I forgot that there was a time in cinema where, where there was just a couple of movies that liked to pepper in the message, hey, black people can be racist too. Hey, white people can be oppressed too. Yeah. Did we ever think of that? No. Well, you here's don't. a movie about it. Because it's not important or a real thing. Or a thing at all. <laughs> and that's that's kind of the movie. That's the basic synopsis if you haven't seen Die yeah. Hard with Avenge. And then it gets very convoluted at the end. Yeah. 
Okay, full disclosure, we both watched this a week ago, so my memory is a little, a little hazy. <laughs> hazy towards the end. But let's get into it. Okay. Bruce. All right. He's cast. back. He's back. He's back and he's beautiful. Yeah, stunning. Same guy as before. <laughs> he does it again. No he, notes, honestly. Yeah, no notes. He's the same guy. Yeah, he's the, they're consistent with the John McClane. He's the fallible hero. He gets shit wrong. But he's hot when he does it, so it's okay. Yeah, again, wearing a wife beater, arms out. Oh, my God. Sweaty, but at least it makes dirty. sense because it's in summer this time. So yes. I understand he should be wearing a wife beater. It is hot. Yeah, so he's a little sweaty too. Sweaty, a little grimy, always very grimy. This man does not shower. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. Second build, if we could, are we ready to move uh, on? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's a kind of got the vibe. It. It was like, that's it. we've done enough analysis. On John you McClane know where we over stand the years. On Bruce Willis. <laughs> Look, I, some people would say the second build is uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. I would like to say that it is New York City, <laughs> the city of New York, mm-hmm. and its street names. America. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. If I could just take a second, America. Why is it that you assume that everyone in the world needs to know? Your streets. The, the layout of your streets and your cities and your grids and what what intersects with what street and what subway goes to what intersection. <laughs> I swear to God, I could go to New York and find my way around flawlessly. Because of pop culture. Yes. Yeah, I could draw a map from memory right yeah. now of the subway system of New York. <laughs> oh, my – I know oh, – fucking – what is it? I was just about to be like, I know all of them and then my mind went blank. <laughs> oh, sure. I mean, don't put me on the spot right now, mm. but given a few seconds, I could rustle something. Up. Yeah, there's well, the A train, right? That's the a, thing. a train. The F yes. line. There's the two different stations that are kind of the main stations. Yeah, the Penn State. No, Penn something. Penn, yes, Penn Station's one of them. Penn Station, something. Yeah, we get it. Exactly. But the, you're right. Yeah. A lot of movies spend a lot of time expositioning the layout of New York City streets. Yes, and LA as well. And LA hey, as well. I'm a girl Ooh. that lives in Sydney, Australia. Why do I know about La Cienega Boulevard? You tell me that. Yep. Why do I need to know that? Why have I seen that in like 20 different <laughs> movies? I don't give a fuck about La Cienega or Rodeo Drive. Drive. All of the boulevards, all of the drives <laughs> intersecting with each other. Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of that in this. Um, so we open because the first – you're talking about the first scene where it opens in like a big like – Situation room of cops. Yes. Which a lot of, like, last one opened in the situation room of the airport. Yes. Cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and in this, I just loved it. I felt at home immediately because it's just so by the book. You've got an angry detective man who's in charge and he's just just shouting delegations everywhere, right? He's like, yeah. O'Malley, I want you on West 81st Street and blah, blah, I want you on South Central and, hey, Linda, <laughs> get me a donut, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's just, like, listing them off, just like, oh, it's crazy out here. <laughs> like, that's fine. Cool. I don't need a rundown of the street directory yeah, if in the you meantime. I took out the street names in this movie, this movie would be an hour long. <laughs> I want that edit. Yeah. I want that edit. And there's an, also another massive scene where Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis are, like, fighting over the best way to get, like, downtown or whatever. Oh, my God. And that track goes on for so long. I was like, it's an emergency. That scene is only for New Yorkers. Yeah. It's not for us. <laughs> okay, Samuel L. Mm-hmm. Is the third build. 
character yes. in Die Hard. What did you think of Samuel? Did you know he was in this? No. I had no idea. No idea. I got really confused. I loved him in this, though. Mm. I think I need – if he wasn't in this, this would have been, like, a hard watch. Yeah, yep. Because it would just be John McClane does John McClane again. Yeah. He switched it up and made it like, a oh, there's a duo involved now and they've got to deal with their dynamic. and mm-hmm. Very smart on yeah. the filmmaker's – part because like I imagine a third movie in a franchise is a really hard thing to succeed in yeah so the idea of yeah bringing in a new element a new dynamic so smart and it worked so well Mm. do you reckon this was Samuel's like first movie no, 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 no. He was in um, Pulp Fiction the year before this. Oh, that was before. Yeah. Interesting. Because I just saw, I saw him, he's so young in it, and I saw them bringing him in in the third movie, and I was like, oh, maybe he wasn't a big star yet. Nah, he was a big, he big was. star. Okay, so maybe they needed his yeah. bump. Well, he wasn't originally cast in this. Ooh. So originally the role uh, was going to go to Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. But his management took too long negotiating a contract. Oh. And in that time, uh, the director saw Samuel L. Jackson somewhere and was like, oh, yeah, he's the guy, and got him. And also the same exact thing happened for Pulp Fiction. <gasps> for Lawrence? hmm Oh, poor Lawrence. I, I was like, that fucking stinks. Oh, no. <laughs> They would have, like, an unintentional rivalry. Yeah. A totally unintentional, I imagine. Yeah. Well, I hope they're friends by now. I hope so, too. I was so confused when I saw Samuel. I, for ages, I knew I, I, I intellectually knew I wasn't, but for a while it was confusing my head. I felt like I was watching a Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. And then especially when it was, it's Bruce and Samuel L., yeah. That's Pulp Fiction cast. Oh, yeah. Bruce Willis was in Pulp Fiction as well. Yeah. And then all the N-words started getting said and written on signs. And I was like, okay, seriously, are we watching a Tarantino movie? And then the reverse racism chat happened. And I was like, okay, I think Tarantino secretly directed this film. I think he yeah, lent over a couple of times and was like, you know what would spice this movie up? <laughs> A little old N word. A little old N word in there. You know what I like to do? He'll say it. He'll do it. I feel so sorry for Samuel L. Jackson the number of times he's had to have that conversation. Fucking movies. Because we watched The Hateful Eight as well. Yeah. That was every second fucking word in that movie. I feel so bad that, like, he is. All these scripts are written by white men, and he's just like, I'm just. I'm just taking a job, I'm just man. Samuel L. doing my thing. Also, I'm black, so I'm definitely allowed to say it. Yep. But then in every interview, they'd be like, so? And he's like, oh, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't ask me why it was in there. I didn't write it. Yeah. I just said it. Let him say something crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Stop looking at me. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, well, that's kind of all of the main cast, right? Oh, yeah. then we've got Jeremy Irons. Okay. So let me ask you, when we first are introduced to the villain of this film, mm. it's in a phone call, mm. heavy German accent, mm. I couldn't believe that it took them like an hour to question if this guy has any ties to the German villain from two years ago, Hans <gasps> Gruber. so right. Like you've only had – this is your third terrorist experience in your entire life <laughs> – Half of which has been by a German guy, and there's another. You 
like they didn't uh, they didn't even posit the possibility. Yeah, he's like, who could it possibly be? Who could it be? be? And they're spending an hour figuring it out. And I was literally like, it's obviously Hans Gruber's brother. Obviously. <laughs> There's only like three German people in America in 1997. Yeah, it has to be one of them. <laughs> so did you pick it at all? No, I didn't pick it. I mm. was just also uh, can I t- I only know Jeremy Irons from one other movie and Mm -hmm. I can't look at him on screen. Okay. I had to, every time he was on screen, I had to look away Mm. because the only movie I know him from is Lolita. Oh, I've never seen Lolita. Don't watch it. Don't? Really? It's fucked. Oh, like disturbing? It's disturbing. Well, yeah, because it's about a pedophile. Oh God. Okay. I didn't know that. But it's like, so yeah, the story of Lolita is a man who falls in love or starts dating a woman and then falls in love with her daughter. So he kills her or she accidentally dies. Oh, my God. And then he essentially grooms the daughter. Um, (gasps) Jeremy Irons does. mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No, never look at him the same again. Sorry, Jeremy. (laughs) Yeah, and he's just so creepy in that movie. It's just – I feel – I'm starting to actually feel sick. Just Yuck, thinking, really? Oh, oh. oh, he brings, he's that visceral. It's that visceral because there's just a couple of scenes where you see him looking at like a child in like a horny way and you're just like. Oh, well, how are you meant to delete that from your brain? I can't. I can't. I can't. Not sorry, Jeremy. So, yeah, look, I, every time, thank God it was mostly phone calls. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have missed, like, a whole hour of this movie. It's true. It really was only in, like, three scenes. So I'm going to have to ask you, what did you think of Jeremy Irons? Because I didn't look at him on screen. <laughs> Gave me the pedophile vibes. Like, no, no. Really. Um, <laughs> I was fine. I, for the whole, I picked it. I thought it was John Lithgow's voice on the phone Who's doing John a German Lithgow? accent. Uh, Dick Solomon from Third Rock from the Sun. You'll know him. He's been in like a million things. He was in The Crown. He played Winston Churchill. I know the name for sure. As soon as you show me, I'll be like, oh, he would have been great. I thought it was him. He has a very similar voice. So I was convinced it was John Lithgow the whole time. So if anything, I was just disappointed when I met Jeremy Irons because I was like, oh, I was hoping to see Dick Sullivan. Oh, well. But yeah, he was fine. He was just kind of like, I don't know, the villains in these movies never, like, super impress me. Mm, except for Alan Rickman. So. Of course. How did you – I got, like, some feels in watching this movie now because they speak about Hans Gruber, Alan Rickman's character, because he's passed. And Alan Rickman has now passed in real life. So yeah. I got, like, a bit of a feels whenever they would bring up Hans. Yeah, I definitely was more sympathetic than I wanted to be. Yes, <laughs> You're like, sorry, Jeremy, you really have lost your beloved brother that the world revered. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> so there was him. Mm. Uh, we have uh, one. Actually, we have two women. Oh, yes. More than a line in the movie. Yes, yes. So we've got the black female police officer. I don't remember her. She was like the one at the start who was like, detective, you're going to want to take this oh, call. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's no nonsense. Yes, I do remember her. Yeah. But great B-side character of coming in and being like, detective, there's someone for you to see. <laughs> detective. <laughs> you're going to want to look at this. Okay. And then we've also got crazy jackhammer lady. <laughs> jackhammer lady. Jackhammer like, who's this bitch? She's very impressive. Yeah. She had a weird storyline. I don't really get what she was 
or who she was or why she was there. Yeah, they really overcomplicated the villain side of like there was double crossing and Yeah. Okay, now I remember what yeah, when you said before that it gets complicated at the end. Yes, now I remember. Mm. Do we want to talk about that? I guess. Yeah, cuz I still don't quite know what happened mm. cuz they're trying to steal from the Federal Reserve, but they're also not, but they're trying to blow it up. And they're trying to fuck with John McClane. Yes. But they also don't want money, but they are stealing from the Federal Reserve. Like, that was very confusing. I just didn't know what their motivations were. Yeah. Like, is all of this gold shit just fodder so that you can fuck with John McClane is that Mm. or is it the other way around are you just trying to distract John McClane while like but it wasn't really clear yeah no it wasn't clear Mm. and also because all the Germans would like they all blonde blue eyes they look exactly the same taut and ripped Mm. I was like I often can't tell the difference they're in 1997 German person yeah. <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> I had to turn blonde. away every time Jeremy Irons was on screen. So you would have missed a lot no of idea. plot points. <laughs> I mean, oh, you know what? You want know a fun fact about mm. the German lady? Yes. So her name is Sam Phillips, mm-hmm. and she didn't do a lot of acting because she's actually a musician and composer. Oh, and she. As a woman who had to do, like, a, I guess, seaside role mm-hmm. in this fucking macho boys mm. movie, she gave back. She, she gave did. back to the female community because she made the theme song for Gilmore Girls <gasps> and Marvelous Miss Maisel. Stop it. Yes. The crazy jackhammer lady mm-hmm. who fucks Jeremy Irons. Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. Oh, I love that for her. I was like, yes. Queen. 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 Um, I was very – I didn't like that there was a sex scene in this movie. Hated that. It was really misplaced. That Again, I was like, Jeremy Irons deserves nothing. <laughs> Don't give him this nothing as well. Nothing what he did. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. It felt really out of place. It's not as the, – the diehards, they're not romantic sexual movies. Yeah. We haven't seen sex in either of the other two, have we? Yeah, we've seen like a very passionate kiss. Between – Husband and wife. Yes. <laughs> Not these unmarried. Not these whores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've, we've seen a passionate kiss that God approves of. So yes. it's fine. It's fine. And now they bring in premarital sex. Disgusting. Also the fact that it's like in. So they've like just gotten away with the whole heist. Mm. They tried to double cross like in the middle of it. But then they're fine with it. And then they go into like a storeroom. And I think they're fucking on like a bag of wheat. (laughs) There's always got to be bags of wheat in storerooms in warehouses. There has to be. There has to be. Or else it's not a warehouse. (laughs) Exactly. In a nondescript warehouse with bags of wheat. You can fuck on him. You can fuck on the wait. And yeah, just it was so weird and aggressive. And then she tries to kill him. Does she? I think so. I thought it was just German sex. I'm kidding. Ah, Alexia. <laughs> I've seen German porn. It's yeah. nuts. <laughs> it really is. Uh, <laughs> speaking of romance and stuff, I love that they're still, three movies in, has never been a love interest for John McClane other than his wife. Yeah. Never been like a hot young thing that tempts him or anything. He has mm. no romantic storyline except for trying to patch things up with his wife. Yeah. I love that. I love that too. From the 90s? Yeah. And having a heartthrob Bruce Willis in the lead, they easily could have lent into let's get him hooking up with some hot babe. Mm. And they didn't. They didn't. They said, you know what women love? A faithful man. And exactly. we said, amen. Amen. <laughs> 
men. As good Christian women, we love a faithful we man and a man of the faith. A betrothed gentleman. <laughs> That's right. We're coming out as Christian for Christmas. Christian for Christmas. Christ for Christ. <laughs> this is now the Ladies Guide to Christ, Christ Cinema. cinema. <laughs> we will only be doing Christian movies in 2023. <laughs> and turns out Die Hard with a Vengeance is one. It's a Christian film. <laughs> That's cool. So everyone's always discoursed around is it a Christmas movie? We're just we're just positing it's a yeah, Christian a movie. Christian movie. <laughs> Cuz everyone who fucks is yeah. within wedlock. And anyone who isn't uh, a white American is the enemy. The enemy. <laughs> oh. Did you have any favorite moments? I okay. There was one scene that I loved and it was the scene where he's in the tunnel and he's trying to find out who the 21st president of America oh, is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that re- it was just so like <laughs> another point where it's like, oh, you added this in later to the plot line. Like this wasn't written along sure. because it gets solved because he's just like this random truck driver. He's like knows everything, knows everything, and so he's like he's like on the phone, and John McClane's like, "Oh God, if only I knew who the twenty first president of America was." And this truck driver in this like stressful as fuck situation. Oh my god! Like within seconds of possible death. Yeah, they're about to be flooded in this tunnel. He's like the twenty first president of America. Well, that's gonna be blah 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 blah. blah. Well, well, I'll say that. <laughs> And he's like, he's such a like, it's a complicated line. And I was like, mm. this poor dude would have been under so much pressure. He was definitely an extra that got bumped up to feature on the day, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, no, I reckon he did three rounds of casting for that one fucking line. <laughs> and he was just like, fuck, this is, I've been waiting. I've been telling my family about this for like four months yeah. that I'm going to be in the Die Hard with a Vengeance. Mm-hmm. So he was like, good, good, right. And he nailed he it. He nailed it. I was very impressed at his read, mm. but also the character's knowledge. Yeah. Because <laughs> he didn't just know who it was. He knew what years he the bat president served. He knew some other fun little facts yeah. that he felt very comfortable just throwing out there in this high-pressure life and death situation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, Did I, I like that part. I look. I overall, I really like this movie, and like, I found that I was way more engaged. Like about half an hour in, I realized I was way more engaged in it than I was the first two movies. Right. Don't really know why that was. Maybe because I understand the world now and I'm more comfortable in it. But I really enjoyed it. I found this movie funnier than the first two. Yeah. Which is fair enough because Samuel L's in it. So he's now got someone to bounce off yeah. the comedy. Yeah, yeah there's not, it's not just internal monologue for most of the time. It's not just him saying, go to the coast, have a few laughs, that famous line. Yeah. Where he's just t- talking to himself. So now he gets to talk to someone else. <laughs> which is great. It's funny. That's what makes it comedy that's and not being funny. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, really, I really liked it. I found the, the bomb in the park scene really frustrating yeah but interesting and funny and I was like I was there for it I liked it um I liked it it felt like a like a school assignment yeah yeah like you believe a couple of teachers planning a fun day out yeah. for students it felt like the stakes were low while the stakes yeah. were like incredibly high and then they were just gonna leave it in the park yeah and they're like no if a kid could find, find it, it. It's like, yeah no shit you're a New York City cop John yeah you don't leave bombs in parks you should roughly be across children's safety or I don't know people's safety people's safety but then again he's a cop in New York so yeah that's 
Oh, that's oh. true. That's true. <laughs> Times have not changed, perhaps. Um, I don't know what that noise was. <laughs> that was my. I'm scared. Let's move on. <laughs> let's let's move on into interstitial. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that John McClane still doesn't die. He refuses to die, and he's put in so many precarious situations, and he still doesn't fucking die. It's always. I think that's why it's always a Christmas movie, even though this is not set in Christmas. Every movie is a Christmas miracle because John McClane fucking su- somehow survives. Wait, I've just put it together. Yeah? <laughs> I've just put it together. Oh, I love it. Is it called Die Hard? Because, because it's hard. It's hard to, to make die. John McClane die. <laughs> it's hard to kill him. It's hard. That's what it is, isn't it? Fuck, that's probably it. I actually never thought, what does it mean? What does die it hard mean? It has to be mean? that it's hard for him to die. I gotta Stop look this it. up. No, I respect it less if that's what it is. That's that's too obvious, surely. Okay, the title of the 1988 film Die Hard was chosen to signify both the hardness that is toughness of the lead character and the difficulty and the bad guys had in killing each other. <laughs> Who wrote that? <laughs> okay, someone's kid got hold of their smartphone. Okay, but. It does mean, yeah, it's essentially it is. Yeah, it's because it's difficult to kill him. <laughs> well, you can't just put it in the title. You've got to explain it to us. <laughs> I okay. guess you can't call it hard to die yeah. or. <laughs> hard to kill, Mr. John yeah. McClane. <laughs> Mr. Hard to kill. <laughs> That's what we would have called it. It's like it's like in the same world as License to Kill. It's like James Bond Die Hard crossover. <laughs> yeah. License to kill, hard to, to kill. kill. <laughs> oh dear. Oh my god, that's um, so funny. Yeah, so I love, I love that that stays to that truth because there's this yeah. one moment where he's like, "Was he coming out?" Oh, because the bomb goes off on the fucking train, and then there's massive carnage in the subway. That whole big scene. Yeah, and then he just he just rises from it, just yeah, comes just out, crawls out, still all limbs and- working, nothing's broken. How? How? Christmas miracle. Yeah, there's so many scenes where he gets like thrown, like when him and Sammy all get thrown from the, the bridge, the bridge onto the boat. I was like, they would be dead. Oh my god, that cable would absolutely just like it cut the other guy in half. It would cut them in cut half, them in half. Or burn their hands off or something. Yeah, I appreciate the big stunts that went into it, but some of them yeah. I was like, too big. Actually, yeah, we're getting a bit big. Yeah. When's the next? When's Die Hard 4? When was that released? Die Hard 4. Wasn't there one? Live Free or Die Hard 2007. Ah. So it's 10 years later. Oh, I'm so excited for next year. I'm excited for next year. I think that's the last one. What? Is there a Die Hard 5? They'll make another one by the time we get around to needing a Die Hard 5. No, A Good Day to Die Hard is 2013. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get there. So we've got two more. Two more. Great. Two more years. They'll make another one with a new lead. They will. Surely. Oh, they'll absolutely reboot the Die Hard franchise. Oh, my God. With one of um, Demi Moore and Bruce Willis's kids. Cute. <sighs> Who would play like, as the lead? As, as the lead. Okay, I love that. Okay, hold on. Let me look up what the kids' names are. I only know Rumor Willis. Scout LaRue Willis. Scout LaRue? Well, that person has to be famous. It has to be. Tallulah. These are great names. Gorge. Okay. Scout LaRue is an actress. Mm-hmm. Oh, Rumor is an actress as well. Are they both women? Yes. Yeah, all girls. Oh, I would love a gender flipped diehard lead. 
oh, well, all of Demi Moore's daughters were all in the Scarlet Letter with her. Oh, I never saw the Scarlet Letter. Did you watch it? I mean, I read the book for school and it's the one where... The... Oh, is that what EZA is based on? Yes. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Great movie. Great movie. <laughs> okay, yeah, Rumor Willis is in a bunch of stuff. Oh, my God, she was in House Bunny? Oh. Yes. Okay. okay, well, let's cast Rumor Willis as the next Jane McLean. <laughs> Jane McLean for Die Hard 6. <laughs> I love it. Oh, yes. Oh, God, she looks so much like him, doesn't she? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Cool. Cool. All right, love it. Did you have any moments that you didn't like in this film? Look, a lot of the race stuff was on the yeah. schnoes. It was weird, right? Because the first two films didn't really tackle oh it did tackle race in like in terms of immigration and stuff because mm. i know with hans gruber it was a big thing about something about immigrant like that's why he was yeah. terrorizing the city something to do with immigration yeah but like yeah to go like really hard into like african-american white race relations mm. in this was very out of the blue for me <laughs> yeah and particularly the sign at the start like yeah it yeah, I get it was doing what it was meant to do. It was uh, very, like, like I know, I get it. I know what they were doing mm. with it and everything, but it was just so, like, oh, this is the this is the storyline yeah. of this movie. Yeah. We didn't touch on it in the first two movies, but here it is. Mm. And it's going to make you really uncomfortable <laughs> a few times. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I was glad to see. I was like, hey, some diversity in cast. Oh, absolutely. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, the Samuel Jackson was, like, just as smart and as capable, if not more so than exactly. John McClane. Yeah, he actually was more and like so much more confident and like yeah. I was like he he should be the hero of this movie. Yeah. He actually knows what he's doing. Him and Rumor Willis <gasps> team up for Die Hard 6. Oh my god. Okay. Hollywood. Holy shit. If and you John are McClane, listening. Okay, so John McClane has passed away in like some unfortunate cop related mm-hmm. accident. He's like revered. <laughs> he's finally <laughs> got that, this one will be called Die Easy. <laughs> Die. Okay. Okay. We got there. <laughs> and and so they're like mourning John McClane and then Samuel L. Jackson comes to his funeral. He hasn't like been in contact with John in like quite a few years because their paths have just diverted. It's been decades. And he turns up to the funeral and then Rumor, who plays Jane McClane, Goes up to him and he's she's like, "Are you, blah blah from Die Hard with a Vengeance? My dad used to talk about you all the time." And he's like, "I don't know about the first part, <laughs> but yes to the second bit." <laughs> and then and then at the funeral, there's a terrorist attack, and it's Hans Gruber's son. Oh my god! Trying to blow up whatever's left of John McClane's life and loved ones, and then Samuel L. and Rumor have to go and combat this. Get guy. it. Done. Oh, my God. That's awesome. That's, I've never written a movie before, but okay. so this is really exciting. Yeah. Let's green light it. Let's go. <laughs> With the $17 I have in my bank account. Yeah. <laughs> a reminder to sign up to gold class. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll tackle it after Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the only thing I really didn't like in this movie was the use of the m- song Ants Go Marching. Did you notice that that was played 
over and over and over again. You know, the old like song that goes, and there were remixes, there were slow versions, there were fast versions. It was used way too much in this film. So that's my one critique. Oh, I hate that. I'm glad I didn't notice that. There's a remix of the Yeah, it was like all different versions and shit. Yeah, I mean, they would have saved a bunch. I think it's probably, I think it's a royalty free song. So. <laughs> they didn't have as big a budget maybe this time. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what other part I didn't like mm. was the scene where he's like, it's like you think it's the end mm. and Bruce Willis gets dropped off at a payphone from a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Just that one line yeah. sums up the Die Hard franchise. Yeah. It doesn't matter which movie you're talking about. Just Bruce Willis somehow gets dropped, dropped from a helicopter. helicopter to a payphone. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and then he goes to call his wife and she's like, oh, my God, thank God you called. And then he just, like, sees something and he's like, oh, wait a second. Doesn't say goodbye, throws the <laughs> phone down. He's like, I got to go. And then, like, just abandons her again. I was again. like, this bitch deserves so much better. So much more. Surely by this stage the kid has grown up a bit. You can divorce him, mm. girl. You can divorce him. Can Your divorce kid will be him. fine. Don't stay together just for the kid. Better to be from a broken home than in one. Dr. Phil said that and I've always lived by it. <laughs> okay? It's time to leave him. <laughs> Damn, sometimes Dr. Phil does get it right. He does. That one time he got it right. Fuck. I'll tell you what the only time I – I mean, not that I came from a broken home. I just – my parents got divorced. I wouldn't call it broken. Yeah. The only time I get annoyed about having divorced parents is Christmas. Of course. Because it means there's – not only if you have, like, a partner, you've got to coordinate Christmas with their family. Divorce Christmas, you got two mm. fucking lunches to go to. What if your partner is also from a divorced family? Oh. Does that mean you then have four? You have four. That's disgusting. That's too much. That's when you just pack it up and just do couples Christmas forever yeah. and ever. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's – Yeah. Ugh. Ugh, um, so- I want to talk to you about Christmas stuff, but we'll do that over on the Gold Class. Oh, yes. I've Okay, I have a hot Christmas cinema recommend on Ooh. the Gold Class. Fuck so yeah. One more thing I just would like to talk about. So you know how there was that big explosion in the train and mm. during it, like John's, John finds the, the bomb on the side of the train, he takes it off and for some reason fucking turns it upside down like it's not a bomb that could be completely exploded yes. with any change to its position. <laughs> And then the bomb does go off and there is casualties and there is carnage, but it's less because he moved it to the end of the train and told everyone to go up. Yeah. My anxiety brain after that, all I could think was, I don't think I could ever get past this situation because I would be constantly questioning, could I have done anything different so that I could have got there in time to just get the bomb completely off the train and not have any casualties? Because, like, they were trying to get to the train and they were, like, there's hijinks and all this stuff. I'm like, if they'd even gotten there a couple of minutes earlier, they possibly could have not had it go off at all. Yeah, and he doesn't even think about that. He doesn't lament for a second. He does not lament for a second. In fact, later on, he pats himself on the back for getting down there at all. <laughs> He's like, pretty good. We got there when we did, isn't yeah. it? And in my head, my anxiety brain, I'm like, no, I think you should have got there earlier. Yeah. I'd be living the rest of my life wondering if I could have made a bigger difference. Yeah, there's multiple people who are like, I have one less limb because, because you didn't hot foot it fast enough. And he was like, I did a good job. <laughs> It just that's just the perfect like to me like comparison between a female anxiety brain and a straight white male very confident brain. Yeah. <laughs> two exact same situations, two very different mind spaces. Uh, 
Oh, to be a dude. Oh, to be a gentleman. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, Alexia. Yes, my love. I have some questions for you. Mm. Question number one. Did this movie make you horny? Of course. As always for Bruce. Um, yeah. I'm do- I don't think there will ever be a movie I watch where I don't find Bruce Willis super horny. What about you? It was definitely horny until I saw Jeremy Irons. And mm. then I was like, fuck. Damn it. Yeah. So I had to, you know, had to be constantly look out for him so I wasn't as relaxed. Yes, of course. To enjoy a You were on alert for the mm-hmm. pedophiles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's going to take a, so, a bit, bit of horn away. Mm, mm, definitely. But the first 15 minutes. Great. Mwah, mwah. Beautiful. When we just thought it was John Lithgow. <laughs> yeah. Gorge. <laughs> and would you recommend this movie on a date? Yes. Mm-hmm. I Yes, I think this is a good date movie. Yeah, I do too. And I don't think you even need to watch the first two to get it. Yeah. If your date hasn't seen the first two, as long as you're cool about it and don't mm. explain every backstory that doesn't really need to be explained, yeah. this will be a great movie to watch on a date. Well, you know why it's you don't have to watch the other ones? It's mm. because this is based off a screenplay, not a book. So this was a standalone screenplay oh. that they just – picked up and then chopped and changed it to fit into to Die make, Hard. To fit in the world. Mm. That's why it's so different. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Mm. And did Quentin Tarantino write that screenplay? That no, was no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm did. sure he had some notes on name. there. <laughs> okay, ratings. How many? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. Because hey. he said it. He said it. And it was very exciting when he You're said like- it. When he said it, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm in this franchise because I just got excited that he said it. Yeah. And if I didn't give a shit, I wouldn't get excited. It's a fun phrase. It's a fun phrase. I would give this three, oh, 3.9 yippee kaye Mm -hmm. motherfucker. Mm. Motherfucker. So it would be yippee kaye motherfucker, yippee kaye motherfucker, yippee kaye motherfucker. You became a motherfucker. Fuck. Yeah. Okay. It's not quite a four, mm-hmm. but it's very good. I liked yeah. it. I'm gonna give it a three point five. So we you became a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm going. <laughs> like you bleep it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a great movie. It's not a perfect movie, so mm. I definitely think it can take one point five off. Yeah. For all the reasons that we've said, but. Uh, very enjoyable. Mm. Yeah. Out of the so out of the three mm. diehards now, where does this? Oh, well, we where, to, we can rank now. We can rank <gasps> now. So where does this sit on your ranking? What are the? This is the, number one. Right. This was the most enjoyable for me. I think because of the comedy back and forth elements between the two leads, and then second would be number one, and mm-hmm. then third would be number two. Okay. I wasn't super into last year's one, I remember. Yeah, I, apparently it was a different director and the old director's back on this one, although that could not be a fact. Don't quote me on it. Actually, no, I am going to just look it up. I'm going to quote you on it because I love making up facts on this podcast and sticking to them. But for anyone who's dying who to know. Who actually cares who about Who really facts. wants to know. Oh, yeah, he is. Okay. Oh, when he directed uh, John McTiernan. Mm, okay. Yeah, he also he did the first Die Hard and Predator. Oh, okay. Okay. He's That's been a around dude. a couple of times. And so he didn't do the second one. No. Okay, look, right. we're picking these things. We, we get stuff now. It all tracks. We yeah. know, we're learning. We're learning. <laughs> like in Predator. Mm-hmm. Or is that? I don't know. I don't remember Predator. I don't remember Predator. Let's just go. A, Let's just go. Gross, it was a man in a dog suit. That's all I remember. <laughs> I need some Chardonnay and some prawns. <laughs> yeah. It's time. <laughs> it's Christmas. Well, that was Die Hard with a Vengeance. You guys, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be taking next week off just for the Christmas New Year's break, but we'll be back first thing, first Wednesday of the new year. We'll be back 
in your earbuds. Yes. So, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. <gasps> Merry Christmas. Happy. Oh, what a year this has been. Oh, Thank you so year. much to everyone for joining us through this year. We did a rebrand. Yes. Hit our 200. Oh, we had so many amazing guests. Incredible guests. Uh, and we've got so many more guests planned for you for next year that yep. we're really excited about. Yep. So, stick around. Thank you so much, guys. We really love you and doing this podcast is so fun and yeah. we can't wait. We can't wait. And our little our little family online is growing. More people are joining, you know, pages and Patreons and stuff. So we're loving our community growing. And you guys are all so cool and you just get it. You just get that people can have different opinions on movies and that's okay. And it's totally fine. Oh, we found our people and I fucking love it. All right. Well, Alexia and our mm. cinemates, a merry kumite to you all. <laughs> A merry kumite to you and yours. And then Christmas music, Christmas music. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. 